Hello, you're listening to Dragonfly Heart Medicine Radio, a place where like-minded people come together to discuss spirituality, awakening, plant medicine, and more. Hello, everyone. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dragonfly Heart Medicine Radio. I am Kristen. And today I have a special guest. Um, We're going to be talking about some things we have yet to really talk about on the podcast. So that is exciting. And I'll go ahead and have her introduce herself and then just tell us a little bit about why she chose to join us on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. Um, nice to meet everybody virtually. My name is Elise Michelanis, and I teach yoga just outside of Boston in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, and I also teach paddleboarding yoga and I run and I have a 13 year old beagle named Clark, who's still very active, but for whatever reason today is just napping next to me. <laughs> so it's nice to see everybody. And so, um, Why did you pursue um, yoga, especially wanting to be an instructor? Sure. So back in 2012, I was working as a journalist and life was super demanding and crazy. And I was just really just kind of grinding it out and looking for more. I felt like this work robot, wake up, get ready, go to work eat, keep working, go home, eat, go to bed, repeat like every day. And that wasn't just me. You know, I I grew up loving nature and I grew up loving having this freedom because I grew up in upstate New York. So being outside and being able to put my feet on the ground and just be able to um, be creative and and get fresh air and just have time. um, I felt that I was missing that and that I was lacking that. And I was really looking to tap back into it. did a lot of, um, you know, artwork growing up and I loved being active. I did a lot of different sports and I did theater and I felt that journalism would be a good blending of all of that. But I, and I'd heard that it was super demanding, but of course, you know, you're, they prepare you as much as they can in school. And then when you're thrown out into the real world, all of a sudden you're working like midnight shift and staying as long as you covering fires and putting, you know, basically I was an MMJ, which means a multimedia journalist. So I had no photographer. So I was doing all of the shooting, writing, editing myself for TV, um, which was great. And it was exciting. It was an awesome first job, but you know, it was, um, it kind of sucked the life out of me too. (laughs) You meet a lot of great people, but then you meet, you know, some, um, you run into some unfortunate situations. So I was just looking for more and it actually happened that I, um, I had been looking to interview someone for a story on how to stay well around Super Bowl Sunday. And um, the interview I was supposed to have fell through. And I just stumbled upon this yoga studio in Johnson City, New York called Yoga Body Shop. And they were like, yeah, sure. You know, you can come and talk to us. We'll talk to you about wellness and, you know, how to enjoy life, but how to find balance. And I went there. It was really great yoga teachers, Ron and Linda and Lisa. And I eventually met Harry and a whole bunch of other people there, but they really introduced me to yoga and meditation. And at first it was for a story, um, but very quickly they invited me to come back. And I, my first class, I believe was Valentine's day, um, that following year. And I actually went and I 
it was hot yoga. So I was swearing in my head the whole time. <laughs> I was like, what is this? I thought this is supposed to be stress-free and my ego was coming up so hard. And I was just very much like slipping on the mat. But, you know, at the end of the practice in Shavasana, it clicked and I was like, oh, I don't really have to be on all the time. This is about being in the moment. It's not about like looking around the room and seeing what other people are doing. And it's not about rushing from place to place or pose to pose. Um, one of my teachers, Terry Ross, always said to us, you know, you're on your little three foot island. Um, stay on your island and just enjoy your island and practice on your island. And that really resonated with me. And the more that I kept practicing and the more that I kept um, learning that yoga wasn't just a process of physicality, that it had eight different limbs and meditations, just, you know, part of it as well, but, um, doing no harm, ahimsa, um, really, really, um, just found a place in my heart, especially in that career that I had, that was so much about, you know, how many clicks can we get, you know, on a story and having to cover a lot of the darker aspects of humanity. You know, we would do happy stories, but if something popped up, like, you know, a homicide or a fire, we would drop that kind of what we would call a fluff story and pick that up. And, um, it really just helped me find balance. And then, you know, I ended up in North Carolina as a yoga, uh, as a, as a journalist, and I was looking for yoga. Again, I was looking for, um, kind of a spiritual family, to be honest. And I had always wanted to teach yoga because I loved the way that my yoga teachers had been able to hold space for me in a time that was, um, very unstable, right? It was just kind of my first job and I didn't really know what I was doing. And then all of a sudden I get this job in this other city and I have to pack up and move after two years. And I had also had um, a cancer scare in the process too. And they were able to help me recover from a surgery that I had and first recover with meditation instead of just jumping back into movement, which is what I really wanted to do. They were like, try meditating first then try gentle movement. Don't just jump back in. Um, and so just all of the lessons and everything that they shared with me, I was like, I really want to be able to help people in that way too. So um, I had found um, Audrey and um, Free Spirits Yoga in Greensboro, North Carolina. And she was having a yoga teacher training. It's just one of those things that lined up perfectly. It was all those synchronicities, right? I was struggling with income as a journalist because you don't make a lot of money in that field. And I was like, I have just enough money to do this yoga teacher training and still maintain, you know, groceries and everything else and lifestyle. And it just all fell into place. And I, she was like, come to one of my yoga classes and just see if it's the right fit for you. And I went and we did this really great, um, cave of the heart meditation, um, and talked a lot about, um, the medicine of animals and, you know, um, spirit animals. And it just really, really cut deep into me and to my roots from upstate New York and growing up. And it was kind of the perfect blend of what I was seeking when I first became a journalist, what I was seeking through yoga. And then just her yoga teacher training really just brought everything up that um, I just needed in that moment, um, not only for teacher training, but also to do some really nice inner guide work um, as Audrey likes to call it. So that's kind of how I came into it. And then at one point I was doing the journalist career during the day. And then at night I was teaching yoga and I was like, these are two completely different worlds. <laughs> like, What am I doing? 
Um, but it was, it was really nice. I feel like it gave me, um, some more tools in my toolbox to hold space for people that were going through tragedy during my day job. So, um, that's long story short, how I got into, um, teaching yoga, but, um, yeah, I just kind of fell into my lap, but I really think, you know, I was manifesting it. Um, I just didn't know what manifesting was at that time. I was just thinking about it all the time and putting it out there and, you know, it felt like it, um, just kind of fell into my lap, but I think I probably, you know, tried to call everything in. So, wow, that is quite a story, and I feel like so many of us. Um, you mentioned finding balance, and that is something I feel like so many of us are seeking. And we're overworked and we're overtired. Sometimes, even when we are doing a job we love, like you know, at the core, you really enjoy journalism. But it was like the, all these extra hours and the nature of some of the content you had to write about was difficult. And um, I can relate to that. Like I'm a high school teacher, and I absolutely love teaching. But like sometimes the long, it's like the long hours that really get to me. It's like we should just, if I could teach just half a day, you know, or just teach part time. It would be great. And I love how you mentioned yoga also helped you find that you're like a spiritual family that you could really connect with. Um, and so what there's like, and you mentioned you've done like hot yoga. Um, could you briefly for maybe people who aren't as familiar with the different types of yoga, just briefly explain um, some of the different yoga practices? There are so many now, especially in the Western world. You know, I mean, you have kind of all different kinds of yoga that's been, um, you know, uh, kind of thrown together, at least in the Western world, like goat yoga and beer yoga and all of that. Um, but at its core, you know, yoga is more about the Hatha and the Raja, um, thousands and thousands of years old um, practice going all the way back. And it's, it's not just about movement. Yoga is to yoga. It's a union of mind, body, spirit. And there's so much more that goes into it than just the physical poses that we see on Instagram of people doing all these really pretty things. And I, I joke sometimes with my partner, I'm like, it almost looks like gymnastics sometimes. Um, but, but, you know, there's so many different kinds. Like I started with hot yoga. The kind that I started with was uh, Baptiste yoga, which is close to an Iyengar kind of practice in that it's really about a lot of alignment. Um, so even though we were practicing in a yoga studio that was very, very hot, and I honestly can't remember what the temperature was. It wasn't a warm yoga studio. It was a hot yoga studio because there are, are warm classes as well that are usually like 80 degrees. Hot yoga is usually warmer than that, at least what I've practiced. Um, but you're detoxing the whole time. Um, so you go in and you're you're just slowly getting into the poses, working on the alignment. And then you go through a vinyasa flow, which is a lot of movement and a lot of breath work. And they also would do ujjayi breath, which also warms the body from within side. So it was a lot of heat. Um, and for someone just starting, I was like, what's up with this? What's going on? Like, why is it so hot in here? I'm slipping all over the place. And, um, you know, the need to perform, right. You, a lot of us feel that need to perform as adults. Um, because for whatever reason, when we're kids, if we like fall, it's okay. But when we're adults, it's not okay for some reason. And every time I slipped in that class, I was beating myself up and my yoga teacher, Terry would be like, what are you don't do? Like, it's fine. Just wobble, fall out of it, laugh, come back in 
to it, like smile, it's okay. Um, so, you know, it was hot, it was sweaty, but I really think as much as I was detoxing, you know, by sweating and like getting all of the toxins out of my body, I I was like detoxing the mind and the spirit a bit too, and letting go of those old stories, those kinds of, you're an adult, you have to be serious. Like you can't mess up. Um, you know, you're on TV, you have this thing, this image or whatever, you know? So it was just kind of great to be able to just take that weight off and just say, okay, like this is my authentic self. Audrey always says like, you don't have to wear a mask. Um, that's one of the lessons that I really love from her. And it was just so liberating to be like, right, I could do this stuff when I was younger and nobody would say anything. Like, why do I care so much now? Right. So, um, being able to be okay with like slipping or falling was a big lesson that really came up for me during the hot yoga. Um, so that's just, you know, one type of yoga. Um, when I, practiced and studied with Audrey, you know, I believe she was, um, it was more of like a blend of like the holy science of yoga with hat, which has more Hatha and Raja roots. So, um, more of a kind of older lineage going back some of the newer asas and poses coming in, but then mixing it with, um, you know, her, um, shamanic teachings about spirit animals and things of that nature that she learned from her teachers and mentors. So um, there's a lot of different types. Um, I mean, you could go to a yin yoga class and it would be completely different than a hot yoga class. You could go to a restorative yoga class, which is just, and everybody, when they think restorative yoga, they just look at it like, you're just laying down the whole time, right? It's restorative for a reason. We're so busy. Um, we don't need to be in a hot yoga class all the time. We don't need to be in a vinyasa class, sweating and moving and breathing all the time, you know, in a rapid way. Um, sometimes restorative is needed and um, restorative yoga is a beautiful thing that you just let yourself be helped by bolsters and locks and props and you have a blanket and some of the best restorative classes I've gone to will dim the lights or have candlelight and sometimes they'll have like violinists come in and it's just inviting you to slow down and let the earth hold you and not have to fight against that. So there's really so many different kinds. If you're looking for a yoga class and you're like, I don't know if I can do all these crazy twists and poses, maybe try a restorative yoga class, especially if you feel like you're giving so much of yourself during the day that you just feel like you can't be on all the time. Restorative would be a great option to try. Um, you know, we have sun salutations in most yoga classes where you know, you could find any of those on Google if you wanted to, um, but also moon salutations are quite lovely too. Those are, um, they almost like they start from like one pose, they go all the way to another pose. And it's almost like you're rewinding a tape and you're going all the way back to the first pose that you had. So you don't have to know a thousand different poses to practice yoga. Um, you don't have to be doing a whole bunch of different twists. You don't have to be moving a lot. You can have pillows and blankets in your home. I mean, I've done some of the best restorative yoga I've ever done has been at home. And I haven't even had like bolsters or blocks. You know, I've had just traditional things that I've laid on the bed. Um, you know, so, I mean, you don't have to do too much to enjoy the benefits of it. One of the greatest poses that I love is called legs up the wall. And you literally scoot your sit bones over to the wall and you can put some blankets under yourself, or you could be even on your bed, depending on if you have a headboard or not, and just put your legs up the wall with your back on the, on the 
floor on a mat or on the bed. And the heart doesn't have to work as hard. You're letting the blood go toward the heart. And it's a really great pose. It helps with anxiety. It helps with insomnia. And all you're doing is laying on your back with the legs in the air, right? It's just a really, really nice restorative pose. So even if you just try that and, you know, breathe there for two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, 10 minutes, you know, see, see if you can just settle in and just kind of quiet the mind a little bit and don't get too hard on yourself too. If your mind starts wandering, right. I think a lot of us, when we start learning to quiet the mind, we're like, it has to be off completely. It doesn't have to be off completely. It's fine. Um, when we meditate, thoughts will come up. We're human beings. It's natural. I always talk to my students and I say, if thoughts come up, they're like twigs moving past you on a river. Acknowledge them. They're there. Okay, thank you. And let them pass along. The more that we resist, sometimes things persist. So if you're like, I shouldn't be thinking about dinner. Why am I thinking about dinner? What am I going to have for dinner? Oh gosh, I'm still thinking about it. You're going to keep thinking about it. Just be like, yep, I'm going to think about dinner later. That's great. Thanks so much. Okay, let me come back to this. <laughs> Just acknowledge it. Don't try to push it away. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of different kinds of yoga and you don't have to be a gymnast to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you said so many really great things. I want to take some time to just kind of summarize and pick out some highlights that really resonated with me um, because I do yoga almost every day. Um, but I love how you mentioned, you know, there's so much of this need to perform and this need to push ourselves in so many aspects of our life, even in yoga. So I've been to like, there's some yoga studios where it does seem like they're really just focusing on the physicality. Um, but I liked how you mentioned, you know, that there's just so many different types of yoga. And sometimes we really do just need the gentle restorative. And I mean, I love how you said, you know, just allowing the earth to hold you and to just be present with your breath and with your thoughts and letting go of those expectations. Cause we are going to think, um, I don't think we ever truly don't ever have any thoughts because that's just our mind's job, but we can slow them down and we don't always have to pay so much attention to them. Um, and yeah, like something as simple as just laying with our legs up the wall is yoga. And um, just any time that we're connecting our mind, body, our breath with our body, with our spirit, you know, is yoga and all the different types. And I know we briefly talked before we actually hit record. And there's a, yet another type of yoga that is becoming really popular. That's paddleboard yoga. So I don't really know much about that. I've always wanted to try it, but I feel really kind of nervous about it. Um, could, you, could you share a little bit about your experience, what, like what that's like teaching and uh, more information? Yeah, I was actually first exposed to paddleboarding yoga um, through one of the teachers that I, I first took classes with um, at uh, yoga body shop in Binghamton, New York, or Johnson City, New York, rather. And her name is Tina. And she and, and just kind of, um, I think I did a story with her on it. I was like, oh, this is fascinating. And then I was, I started following um, Rachel Brathen on Instagram, who um, is the head of Island Yoga in Aruba. And she's, her posts about it were just like, for some reason, it just really, 
I always saw myself teaching paddle boarding yoga. And I don't know if it's because I'm a Pisces and I'm just like, I love the water. And like my parents would have to drag me out of the water when I was a kid. I would literally be purple and pruny. And I'd be like, I don't want to leave the ocean. Please don't make me leave. Um, but I always was drawn to this. And it's just so beautiful because you're taking yoga and you're adding so much instability right? We're, we're all so much like, okay, like, let me find grounding. Let me do this. Let me do that. When you add the water, there's instability and it changes it so much. So I, um, I had been wanting to take, uh, teacher training in Aruba, um, at Island yoga for probably about five years before I actually got it, like went out and like applied for the yoga teacher training and like allowed myself, gave myself permission to do this for whatever reason, I wasn't giving myself permission to do this. I finally allowed myself, gave myself permission to do this, got accepted to the yoga teacher training and flew into Aruba and met one of my really, who became someone who became one of my really good friends. Now, um, as soon as I got into the airport, she was also there for that. Her name's Bernadette. And so Bernadette and I took this yoga teacher training and it was just Amazing. So basically paddleboarding yoga, you take your paddleboard, which is a gigantic personal flotation device. It's going to float. So even if you fall off, swim back over to it and hop back on it, it's fine. It'll always keep you afloat. Um, and we paddle out and we anchor down and we practice yoga. Um, and when we did our teacher training, you know, one part of Aruba is like pretty calm and it has like a really nice slight breeze. And then when we did our endurance paddle, it was like choppy waters, like super windy. So we trained in both really gave us respect for water and how water can change in an instant when you're practicing. And it really teaches you to go with the flow again, letting go of expectations, letting go of the need to perform, um, just kind of coming back to nature. And I've been teaching it now since ooh, 2019, maybe I want to say. Um, and I've been teaching with Stepio Adventures in Boston and Natick, uh, right here in Massachusetts. I've also taught in Cape Cod on the ocean. And it's really great because we'll do um, like paddle the bay cleanups where we'll actually take like pollution out of the water and like garbage and things like that. So it really also helps you give back to the planet. Um, but the beautiful thing about paddleboarding yoga is that so many people are afraid to fall in and falling is all part of that practice. <laughs> Everybody's like, am I going to fall in? I don't want to. I'm like, why? It's hot out. The water's refreshing. You're going to go for a little dip. You're going to get back on your board. They're like, yeah, but I don't want anybody to laugh at me. I'm like, we're going to clap. Like, I hope you understand because that is like, that's the biggest step you can take in class is allowing yourself to fall. Um, and it's once you do it, it's like the switch goes off in your head and you're like, oh, like I can do this. Like it wasn't that bad. Like it really was. I just fell in the water for a second, got back on the board. It wasn't that bad. I mean, of course we have people that come to class that don't know how to swim. So they practice with a life jacket. Um, and also we're, you know, totally first aid CPR certified, all of that. So, um, you know, we, we keep a good eye on people if they do fall in, but you know, I had a gentleman in one of my classes, last summer and his daughters bought him the class pass as a gift for father's day. Super cute. Um, but they didn't go with him. He just kind of went by himself. So he was pretty nervous, but like excited. And he came in jeans and he's like, Oh no, I probably should have worn jeans. I'm like, it's fine. I was like, if you fall in though, it might be a little heavy. Um, and he was like, Whoa, I'm going to fall in. I was like, you might, 
I was like, but it's okay. If you fall in, I'm like, do you like swimming? He's like, yeah. I'm like, it's 90 degrees today. It's a perfect day to fall in. And he fell in. It was a little hard to swim in the jeans, but I mean, he literally after that point kept jumping in the water. And he was like, I haven't felt this way since I was a little kid. And I was like, I love it. And it just makes me so grateful to be part of people's journeys in that way, because of course we're paddling, we're going out, we're seeing these beautiful locations, whether it's Lake Kachichuit and Natick, whether it's like the channel near Boston Harbor, and there's a whole bunch of skyscrapers around us, or whether it's um, on the waters of Falmouth and the Cape, and we see jellyfish sometimes, right? I mean, it really gives you permission to play to go with the flow, but then also you find a new respect for poses that we take for granted on the land. All of a sudden, warrior one and warrior two, they're not that easy. And we suddenly feel like it's we're being reborn again on the water. And we find, I would say, like more of a respect for those poses that all of a sudden we just kind of, they're like an afterthought in class if we practice for a long time. Like, ah, warrior one, warrior two, let me move, go through the motions we can't go through the motions on the water. The water is going to keep us present. So, I mean, you really have the opportunity to really just throw all of those thoughts aside. Cause if you don't, you're probably gonna fall in. When you fall in, you're gonna be like, oh, this happened. Oh my gosh, that's all that happened. It's fine. Um, so it's really just a beautiful process of going with the flow, literally jumping in, falling in, kind of finding this rebirth on the water. And also too, Shavasana on the water, that corpse pose, that relaxation is so incredibly peaceful. I had um, a sunset class this past um, Wednesday night and it was really, it was kind of windy at the beginning of class. I'll never take people out if it's too windy, but it was kind of windy. And then toward the end of class, the sun was setting. We had the lights come up over Boston. The seagulls were still going. We could smell the, the salt water in the air and we were just laying down and just floating. We were anchored. So we weren't going anywhere, but we're just floating. And it really takes you somewhere else in your Shavasana. Um, you know, just uh, being able to flow and feeling a little more free and um, being able to connect with nature in that way is just um, such a beautiful thing. So I would definitely say, you know, a lot of people like yourself might be a little nervous to try it, um, but it's so beautiful. And once you give yourself permission to fall in, it's just something happens within you that you're like, that wasn't that bad, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, those are just some of the reasons why I, I love it and I love teaching it. And um, yeah, it's just kind of, uh, it's just kind of neat. <laughs> wow, yeah, like I love just how you explained, you know, just that allowing yourself to fall in, really just go with the flow. And I find that a really beautiful metaphor for life as well, like allowing ourselves to fall apart, to break down, to fail, to make mistakes and not taking life so seriously. Um, I feel like sometimes I get really caught up in my head and in being perfect, even though I know perfect doesn't exist and just, you know, being terrified of really like allowing my emotions and I think water is really good representation of like emotions too. Like, you know, it's, there's an ebb and a flow um, and it's never really stagnant. And if we allow our emotions to get stagnant, then, you know, just like stagnant water develops, you know, parasites and things like that. It's really similar to us. And 
yeah, just that going with the flow and that one guy, I love that story. So he just like kept falling in, like, you know, just got really in touch with his inner child and just really being free and having no worries and really being in the present moment because that's what it's all about. And that's why I personally love yoga is it helps me to be present. And even if that means my thoughts are racing, but I'm still like moving, you know, moving through um, that with all the poses. And so, um, yeah, how has yoga been there for you throughout your life and to continue to support you in your healing journey? It has, oh gosh, it's been just a constant. And the people that I meet through yoga practice, whether it's on land or on water, it's just been such a beautiful journey. I mean, like I said, I had cancer scare back in 2012 and the yoga really just helped me with so much, um, not only physical, but emotional too, because you go through all the what ifs. And one of the things that we learn in yoga, don't have the expectations, like drop expectations, don't play the what if game. Um, and then also too, something that I learned through my yoga journey was, you know, there's that little voice inside you that tells you you're not good enough. You're not this, you're not that. And it's that self-bullying, right? It doesn't like, we aren't born with that. That's not inherent to us. That's placed there by something else. So that voice in our head that we're like, oh, that's just me like thinking, like, I always tell people, I'm like, if that like comes up, if you start hearing that inner dialogue, like question it. One of my yoga teachers, Terry, used to say, doubt your doubts. So I always hold that in my heart, like doubt your doubts, but also question that voice. Where is this thought coming from? And challenge it because if a stranger said the things to you that you sometimes say to yourself, if somebody came up to the street on you and said all those things to you, you want to just be like, oh, okay. You would get mad. You would get offended. So why is it okay for us to say these things to ourselves? It's not. So I tell people, get mad push back at that. Don't have that inner dialogue. Don't accept that. Change that inner dialogue to one of kindness and compassion. And it's going to take time because for whatever reason, that inner voice gets put in our heads by society, by, you know, maybe well-meaning people around us. Who knows? Who knows where it comes from, but we're not born with it. So we don't have to carry it around all the time. It might come up every so often, but you can acknowledge it once you learn, like, this is not like my most authentic self. Like, why am I talking to myself this way? You can acknowledge it and then just be nice to yourself in that moment and be like, oh, I'm just having a bad day. Like I'm, you know, maybe I would have spoken to someone like that if it wasn't me, you know, so just acknowledge that, try to correct that um, with a little loving kindness and compassion. And so that's something I try to work on, you know, even if I feel like I messed up on like something like during the day and I'm like really beating myself up, I'm like, why am I doing this? Like I'm human, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not perfect. Um, and of course, learning from whatever mistakes we make, right. Learning from falling, but then also like, not like when you're on the ground, not like kicking yourself even more. Right. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like also like falling off the paddleboard. What are you going to do? You're just going to sit there and think, no, start swimming, get back to the board, get back on, like laugh about it. You fell in. Yeah. You messed up. It's fine. So that's helped me a lot, like learning those lessons. Um, but then also too the, the water aspect of it teaches us when to be strong, like water and when to be gentle, like water, water is not always this pushing force. Sometimes it's very calm. And again, finding that balance is key. Um, but yeah, I mean, whether through health things through, 
gosh, I've had, you know, people pass away in my life as I'm sure many people have, you know, I had my friend, Jeff, um, his life was like taken way, way too soon a couple of years ago. And he was, he was always very supportive of my yoga journey. And, um, I think about him a lot when I teach, because he was always like, you're, you got to keep doing like this, this is what you love. And, um, after he passed away, I've just been like, okay, like, you know, I'm doing this for me, but also I want to do this a little bit for you too, because you was so supportive. So, um, you know, it's just, uh, it helped me also process a lot with like his passing too, because, um, unfortunately like he, he was shot, he was killed. Um, so he was, I, I hate saying the word murdered for some reason. I used to say it all the time, like news reporting and all of that, but he was, um, so yoga helped me a lot with dealing with that grief. Um, you know, what do you do with that grief when, when someone passes away unexpectedly and it doesn't have to be from homicide. It doesn't have to be from something like that. It could be from a car accident or things that just happen on a random Tuesday, things that we aren't prepared for. Um, so yoga and meditation and, um, learning to sit with emotions and process emotions and, and being kind to your, to, to myself really, um, helped me a lot with his passing. Um, I mean, it doesn't, it, it's still hard, you know, every, every, um, year that it goes by because he was only in his twenties when he died. Um, but I think if I didn't have yoga and meditation and that kind of like spiritual community, spiritual family would have been a lot harder, um, processing his, his passing. So, um, you know, of course it's helped me with, um, that it's helped me with health things and, um, it's just helped me really just, find joy in life. Um, because you, I think a lot of times as adults, we do, like I said, get into that whole robotic way of living. Um, but it's allowed me to give myself permission to enjoy life, which sounds so bananas, um, that we have to give ourselves permission to enjoy life as adults, but we just make time for the things that we enjoy because sometimes we're like, Oh no, like I don't have time to do this. Like, allow yourself time to rest, but also allow yourself to time to enjoy the things you do because life can be very, very short. Um, so just, you know, make the most of the present moment as you can and, um, feel the full I always tell people feel all the seasons of your emotions. Right. I had a yoga teacher who was very well-meaning, who was just like, be a yes, say yes to everything. Like, you know, find joy. Like, even when you're super sad, like find happiness. And when I met Audrey, she was like, feel, feel everything, take the mask off, cry, do what you have to do. And I was like, yes, this is, this is authentic because for a while, when I first started practicing with, um, that particular teacher, I was just like, she's so happy all the time. Like how, how am I not like happy all the time? And I was like, am I not practicing enough? Like, am I not? And it becomes, it's very well-meaning to, to tell people to be yes and find joy and, and even the hard moments, but it's almost an unattainable dream because we're human and we have these full seasons of emotions. And so, um, when I, took class and took teacher training with Audrey and met more people in the yoga community who were just like super authentic. Um, and we're just like, yeah, take the mask off. You gotta, you gotta feel, don't try to just, what do they call it? Like spiritual bypassing is I think what they call it now. Um, and that really resonated with me so deeply. And I was like, Oh, like 
I am still practicing yoga if I'm not happy all the time or if something bad happens and I'm just like super sad about it. So I think that has helped with um, feeling all the seasons of my emotions. And so I always try when I'm holding space for other people, you know, if they're, they're just like, Oh gosh, like, you know, you're so positive. I'm like, yeah, today I'm positive. Like tomorrow I might not be tomorrow. I might be having a, a bad day. I might be a grouch. You know, I might, you know, be bad and naughty and have a cup of coffee and then have like a sugar crash. I'm not supposed to have those things, but Hey, I'm human. Um, but yeah, I just try to be realistic to people and I always tell people just feel your emotions, process them. And um, that's one of the reasons why I do eventually want to get certified in um, trauma yoga, because I think it's super important to be able to hold space for people in a way um, that won't trigger anyone or any traumas. So I try to be careful with wording in class too, because um, I have some um, really, really great colleagues who teach uh, trauma-informed yoga classes, and I've learned so much from them. So um, really just being authentic, but then also, you know, holding space for people in a way that that is um, beneficial and, and safe as well. We want to make sure we're holding space for people in a nice, safe way. So that was a lot. <laughs> Yeah, so I think, you know, kind of what I'm hearing um, from yoga at the end of the day is just about allowing everything. And yoga can be such a beautiful support in that. Um, I know a lot of times people refer to yoga as a practice because it's always ongoing and shifting. And, you know, our bodies are a little bit different every day. And there's some days on our mat, we're like, oh my gosh, like, this is so easy. I feel great. And the next day it's like, whoa you know, I can't even like child's pose hurts or whatever, even some of the, the simple things, but yeah, I'm just hearing like the, that yoga helps to really just get us in touch with what's really going on. And we can look deeper and use it as an opportunity to help us really feel into those things instead of just always avoiding them. I too have met the yoga teachers who are just like super excited, super happy. Oh my gosh. All the time. And to me, when I like experience that it's like exhausting <laughs> to me I'm like oh it's just like um they just don't feel authentic and I, so I feel like the exhaustion of the energy it really takes to be somebody you're not I guess um but yeah we've getting close to wrapping up so um thank you for everything you shared I feel like this is definitely what I'm gonna like watch back again because you said so many things and um sometimes when I'm interviewing people I'm like really focused on like how to ask questions for the next thing. And I miss out on some things, but yeah, you definitely shared quite a lot. And thank you so much for being here. Um, is there anything else you want to say about yourself or about yoga before we end? I would just say that if anybody's interested in yoga, even if they're a little nervous, you can start with just an online class. It doesn't have to be a live class. You could even print out little flashcards of little poses. Even if you just try guided meditation, you know, just, just if you're curious about something, give yourself permission, right? I think at the end of the day, some of the most beautiful things happen in life is when we give ourselves permission to try something um, new and or like, or if you're like me and you're a people pleaser and you're so used to saying yes to things, say no, that's still yoga. You're still taking care of yourself. You're still, you're not doing harm to yourself um, or others by saying no, having boundaries is important. Um, yeah. So just try it. If you want to try it, if you don't want to try it, don't try it, <laughs> but you know, 
many different things, different kinds of yoga you can try that I, I'm confident that, you know, even if you just lay down on your bed with your legs up the wall, you, you, you're doing yoga, you're fine. Or even if you try not to hurt anybody or yourself during the day, you're practicing yoga, ahimsa. Um, so yeah, I would say try it and, you know, don't be afraid to take the mask off and be authentic and... Yeah, if you and if you you know get to a yoga class and it just doesn't feel right, try another class. You know, so um, yeah, those are kind of just. Um, I guess that's my advice for people that are seeking something else. Um, and yeah, if anybody's enjoying yoga outside, please wear bug spray and <laughs> protect your. <laughs> um, mosquitoes out there and I have Lyme disease. And if anybody wants more information on that, you can reach out to me because I'm a big advocate for others with Lyme disease and people protect themselves. So um, it's just one of the other hats that I wear, but yeah, hopefully sharing information. I'm, I probably shared so much, but hopefully sharing this information um, helps just maybe even one person who's like a little curious about how they can, yeah, find peace, find something, you know, because a lot going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like yoga can be a very grounding experience, um, especially if you do a lot of poses really close to the earth or even doing yoga outside or doing it on a paddleboard, like you've mentioned. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much, Elise, for being here. Thank you to those who are watching and or listening. And um, as always, I'll have a way for you to get in contact with Elise if you have any more questions about anything and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for having me. Mm -hmm.